this. It's a, uh, it's something that'll change the world and human life as we know it. He knows. He's seen the light. When Monty talks, it's painful. <laughs> Monty, you have been so instrumental in uh, kind of pointing me in the right direction. <laughs> it was about um, looking at your character defects and spirituality. Uh, it, it's the integration of clinical practices with uh, the 12 steps. It's an absolute pleasure. He certainly knows a lot of people. Uh, he's got a lot of energy. And sometimes when you don't have so much energy, he picks you up and carries and you. the Monty man there certainly helps. This is one of the places that is about the business of the solution. Views expressed on this special broadcast of the Take 12 radio show do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting or its affiliates. KHLT is not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Now here's that guy who's getting less popular minute by minute, your host, The Multiman. Well, welcome one and all once again to a very special broadcast of the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, broadcasting from beautiful downtown Albany, Oregon, worldwide via the internet. I'm your host, the Monty Man, and we continue uh, our broadcast of the promises of the 12 steps. We've been going through each step, 1 through 12, and sharing with you the promises. Every step has prayers, every step uh, has directions, every step comes with its own set of promises. Now, what we've done is we've edited these shows from a previous show, um, so there's no uh, promotions, there's no PSAs, there's no commercials, uh, there's no fun and games, there's no closing song, just the topic. And so let's join the discussion now with my sponsor, Bruce H., our co-host, Marv R., and myself on the promises of Step 5. This week, uh, the uh, promises associated with Step 5. Step 5 is we admitted um, to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. And I just want to camp out on that before we talk about the promises. We think that we have to go into this morbid really weird thing sometimes when we give our fifth step. It says we admitted the nature of our wrongs. Now, I believe we need to be thorough. We need to, it talks about going into pulling out the deep, dark crannies of what happened and all that kind of stuff. But if we don't, if we miss the fact that it says the nature of our wrongs, all we're doing is admitting our wrongs. We're not admitting where we've been selfish, self-centered, self-seeking, all that. The nature, the nature. And many times those those lie in the seven deadly sins. Pride, greed, lust, anger, gluttony, envy, and sloth. And so many times people will talk about all these terrible things they did, but they'll never get to what's behind it. They'll never get to the nature of the wrong. So I just wanted to say that. There you go. All right. Bruce is staring, at, staring me down. <laughs> Thank you very much, Bonnie. Hey, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. I'm going to run through these real fast, and we'll go back and talk about them. Number one, once we have taken this step withholding nothing, here's the promise. We are delighted. We tell that to somebody brand new and hurting. You're going to be delighted. Welcome. Yeah, right. Uh, Number two, we can look the world in the eye. Number three, we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. Boy, being alone was not did not put me at perfect peace and ease when I first came in. I did not like being alone. Uh, number four, our fears fall from us. Uh, number five, we begin to feel the nearness of our creator. Number six, 
We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now, here's the promise, we begin to have a spiritual experience. Uh, number seven, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. Number eight, we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. Number nine, carefully reading the first five proposals, uh, meaning the steps, we ask if we have commit, uh, omitted anything, for we are building an ark through which, here's the promise, we shall walk a free man at last. So there's nine of them. And let's go back and start with number one. Uh, we are delighted. And Marv, you laughed when I said that because you weren't real delighted when you walked in the doors, were you? Were you just like, I'm so glad to be here? No, I, <laughs> I really questioned heartily what was going on. And... Um, uh, actually, when I did the fifth step with my sponsor, um, I did not have We Are Delighted. You didn't go, yay! Yeah. I, uh, uh, again, you know, it's it's what, what I've said quite often. It's a process, and it, it takes some time, and yeah. um, it, it does come, but it's uh, it just takes time to get there for me. Anyway, so if you're if you're at this step and you're not feeling all hunky dory and delighted, do let your heart not be troubled. That'll come. Yeah. Uh, I think it's real interesting. It says withholding nothing. Yeah, you know it's it's conditional. Once we have taken the step, withholding nothing. Uh, and sometimes I'm not even sure what I'm withholding yet, and that's why it's so important in the fifth step where it talks about after we've done it, we go off and we kind of review if we've missed anything and, and, and that type of thing. And sometimes when people I've worked with, sometimes it's weeks and they go back and come back and they, you know, there's something I didn't even think about. You know, and, and let me just say this, this, um, they suggest to do this fifth step. And so you do it regardless of how you feel about it. You do it because it's part of the principle for recovery of, of right, so um, it says we're delighted. To me, that's a feeling, um, and I'm worked really hard uh, for a long time not to count on my feelings so much. Yeah, but just the fact that I did this, which was really quite a while ago, um, it's the principle behind it. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Bruce? Well, I think that uh, the both of you are right. I think that it's about withholding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I think it's about uh, a growth process, learning to to do this. There's things that we don't know, Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I, I, I have to say that it was, I read it, I first thought it was just like Marv is talking about it. No, that didn't happen to me. Right, I me either. So delighted when <laughs> I first went through this thing, I, and I am today, and then I can tell you why. Because today I have a relationship with God. Yeah. See, so and that is a delightful thing. To well, experience. that's my where my delight comes from. Yeah. When I'm when I respond to these things, and when it becomes a a part of me, and I can actually participate right you right. know in life or, or whatever it is i'm doing you know i'm reminded of that scripture the joy of the lord is my strength mm -hmm. i keep i keep looking to muster up my own joy 
<laughs> I don't do Christ, well at that. Christ himself says, my joy, I leave with you. Yeah, so it's his joy. But it's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah which we can experience even when we're not feeling mm-hmm. delightful, right? We, I, we I believe that it's inside. spirit is yeah. what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, number two, we can look the world in the eye. This this was... Um, this this is a was a great promise for me because because I couldn't look anybody in the eye. I mean, you know, uh, I, I'd go in the store and I would you know unintentionally run into somebody I owed money to, or somebody that had been trying to get a hold of me that I was embarrassed to see. I was working in ministry and I kind of fell off the face of the earth, and I'd see one member of the youth group or something, and I'd have to go down another aisle of the store. I, I couldn't. I couldn't face it. Mm-hmm. I couldn't face it. What about you guys? Well, I, I, also, I think this is a process, you know. Yeah. But I, I, do understand. What I think the heart of what they're talking about here, like we, we were saying, neuter, we can look the world in the eye. It comes with. It comes with. With it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, understanding and and reliance, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and to be able to, like you say, if somebody comes in and to be able to look at people in in the eye, to know you've done your best to cleaning up the past, and, you know. Marv, what about you? Well, <clears throat> um, it's pretty hard to look the world in the eye when you come from a world of shame. Mm. Yeah, shame will yeah, cause you to keep your eyes downward. So uh, on the risk of uh, trying to saddle a dead horse here, I'm just going to say that, again, <laughs> this is a growth process. Yeah. Um, today, I can pretty well look the world in the eye. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Uh, but I'll tell you, I mean, I remember sitting in 12-step support meetings and somebody would walk walk in the room that perhaps I had wronged or maybe even drank with. And I'm thinking, well, thank God I'm here and they're not going to ever come here. And then they'd show up and I'd like be hiding. Yeah. You know, I had my hat down over my face. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was real. It, it was real rough. Uh, number three, we can be alone at perfect peace and ease. I know this is also a process. But but uh, I I remember moving from never not I mean I just couldn't be alone. I'd hang out at the recovery club all day long. Back when we had one here in town, um, I was scared to death to be alone because I was afraid I'd drink, you know. Um, and so there was some <coughs> real good things available for me to to latch onto, and those those were important and helpful. But, you know, the doors do close and, you know, nighttime falls and it's time to go home. And that was that was horrendous for me. I'd pace the floors. I'd be because I didn't have this connection with God to where I was so dependent on the meetings and the recovery room and or the recovery club and all that stuff um, that I was white knuckling it until seven in the morning when the recovery club opened up again. As I hadn't developed this relationship. I knew who God was, but I hadn't developed the relationship I have today. So it was really, really difficult for me. Um, now I cherish um, some of my own times. I really do. Yeah. I, I, I really, really um, 
I gotta cancel that. Okay, I really, really love it when I can be alone. People need me alone. <laughs> so, what about you guys? How's that worked out for you guys? You like you? Do you like being by yourself sometimes today versus in the beginning? Hmm. Well, are you I a social I, animal? <laughs> I cherish it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I uh, there's times when uh, that uh, I look for that and. And try to find a place where I can be alone. Now that's uh, a little strange when I had thought that before and I put myself into a position where I drank and used alone. You know, I wanted mm. to be away from everybody and I found myself in this little room with no windows and, you know, and no way to get out. We're talking about my addiction. But there's you know, no peace and ease there, though. There, but there. you wanted to be alone. Yeah. But this is a, a time where I, I like to spend time, you know. Right. And uh, that time is usually uh, in prayer or meditation or, or just... Uh, uh, just some solitude. to relax. Yeah, yeah just some solitude. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Mark? Oh, the problem that I had and still have is I spent too much time alone. Mm. And Because um, you've mentioned before that you're not Mr. Social. Right. Right. And, and I've always uh, uh, your had, had the problem. And, and yeah, I in pretty much... In your drinking and in your sobriety. Yeah. Yeah. Um, once in a while I'd go out and drink, but most of the time... Um, I was by myself, and <clears throat> I was just thinking, uh, trying to remember the quote from Proverbs where Solomon talks about, um, and I I can't bring the, bring it up right now, but it has to do with uh, those who are alone are are selfish. Mm. That's para, uh, paraphrased. Yeah, and. And so I think part of my problem um, um, it has to do with self-centeredness. But also, uh, I know there's some fear uh, behind it when I get in large groups of people. Right. Because the way I was raised up, I was always daily told I would never be good enough. I was ugly. I was not worth anything wow. and all that kind of stuff. So this has been a real problem with me to be uh, involved socially. Um, I mean, I do some, but obviously, but uh, it, it is a problem. Yeah. And believe me, there was no uh, perfect peace and ease. In it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, you you attend a twelve step support meeting that that's for the size of this county would be considered large. It would be considered large in L.A., yeah. <laughs> but it would be considered large here. Um, um, is has that helped you, or has that been a struggle at times? It's still a struggle. Yeah. Um, uh, but I fight it. I mean, I I I know that. That all this stuff going on inside is not correct. Is it easier for you to show up early 
and they have people kind of no, come I, in, or does I it... usually show up <laughs> right when it starts, ten minutes before the meeting or something like okay. that. Okay, but it's something I'm working on, and yeah. uh, something that is getting better. And like Bruce mentioned, uh, a lot of times when I'm by myself, I am uh, studying and reading and uh-huh. praying. And so, your prefer really your preferred. Uh, default is is to kind of be alone with your thoughts, right? I mean, that's some people prefer that over being social all the time. Some people are social butterflies and they just have to be around people. You, you kind of like the solitude, uh, you and your horses, and yes, yeah, and no sheep. No, who, sheep. Did, who would we argue with? <laughs> if we're alone, then we'd have to argue with ourselves. <laughs> See, Bruce is taking the stance that we are required to argue. <laughs> and part no, of I'm that, a people person. Part of that, yeah. too, is my uh, what I think, and, and this is a problem, what I think <laughs> is uh, uh, being able to communicate real well in a big social uh-huh. gathering. Uh-huh. And yet, of course, you, you know and are very aware of the fact that when you share, people will tell you on usually a kind of a regular basis that you have a very elegant way of sharing and people get a lot out of what you say. Do you feel like that, though? Not particularly. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will admit it's it's nice because that confirms the fact that that maybe I'm part of something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is nice, but yeah. I don't. It's not real comfortable here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. hear you. I hear you. Number four, our fears mm-hmm. fall from us. This is huge, right? Because aren't we so fear based? Yeah. Now, this one here, the minute I started to practice it, uh-huh. it started to take place, and I noticed it. Now, I don't think, I, I again, I believe it's a process like Marv's talking about. And he, he likes to point out here first. It it does. It's, it's, a, it's a process. But it was so huge for me, so absolutely, you know, the minute that I started to place myself in his hands, that's what the book says. The fear started to subside. Yeah, because people told me, what, what, the way it would look in my life is either I'd run or I'd attack. Yeah, there was no in between, but I never knew which one of those I was going to do until it happened. You see what I mean? Yeah. Until I, it just it just come up on me. So anyway, what I'm trying to get at the minute I put myself in His hands, I'm talking about the Lord's hands. Then the fear started to fall away. Because He was removing. Well, that. He He, he, was he allowed me to walk in the world where it right. wasn't driving me to do yeah. these things. Yeah, you know, uh, and so it was really huge for me. And uh, the problem is, is putting myself in his hands, humbling myself for he can uh, be in my life. Yeah, See, yeah, that's that's to walk. I, I call it the walk. Um, mm-hmm. We know that a relationship with God is offered freely, but our healing comes from confession one to another. That's a biblical principle. Mm-hmm. And this whole idea of confession that is interwoven in the fifth step 
uh, it did something to it was almost like putting drops of of some sort of formula on on fear i mean it was like i i would i would open my mouth and discuss what was going on out of my four step with my sponsor and it was like another fear dropped away another fear dropped away and it had it had so much to do with with me actually speaking forth what was happening that's a biblical principle it's interesting though my sponsor before we did this fifth step we spent actually a great deal of time in prayer before we did it because he wanted to make sure that I was doing this by the guidance of my creator because of the very thing you said Bruce once I put myself in his hands if that you happened. didn't you would be talking to me about self-reliance or, or step-reliance yeah, yeah see because you say I did this I did this, this I did that right you know and I think there's a real yeah. danger there yeah. uh, it, it, I I I don't think I'll go any farther with that because then we won't be on this yeah. this, this list. But I think there's there's a real danger. You're, you're right. You're right. Um, okay, this is one I really, I really identify with. We may have had certain spiritual beliefs, but now, and here's the promise: we begin to have a spiritual experience. I. I had been in ministry. I had had walked, you know. We went right by five. Did we? Okay, let me go back. I'm sorry. We begin to feel the nearness of our Creator. Yes, I did skip that. So we begin to feel the nearness of our. Okay, well, you know what? That really I, I, mixes with six. So I'll I'll talk about that in a minute. Go ahead, Bruce. Yeah, I I I think that happened to me simply because of the fear part. So you felt closer to God because the fears were falling well, away. I said, wow. I, I wonder if he's real. Yeah. See, I'm asking, I'm talking about going through this step because I actually went through the steps before God came into my life. Uh-huh. Yeah. See, I went back. Yeah. Three. Remember, yeah. I, right. That's we right. talked about that. Yeah. So I did all 12 steps and, and I didn't really feel a nearness with God. It was when I started to put my fears in his hands and trust in him. That this I'm talking about this thing start taking place. Marv, did you when when you, when you did this this opening up about your stuff <clears throat> with your sponsor? <clears throat> did you feel a closeness to, with your creator that you hadn't before, or or how did that work? Well, that, um, let me start with this uh, on the fears. What happened for me is. I started to recognize that I even had fear. Right. But I couldn't tell you what they were. I can tell you better today what they were, um, what they are. Uh-huh. And I think that's God. Um, when I f do feel the nearness of our Creator, it's off and on. I'm a fallible human being. There's days when I think that God has completely rode off into the sunset. <laughs> you know. On a horse, not a sheep. Yeah. Yeah. But the key uh for me uh, is this idea we begin to feel. I had to get rid of that. I um I found out that uh, what I need to do is step out in faith and just f 
flat believe that he Regardless was... Regardless of your feelings. Yes, that, yeah. he, that he was right here. And I do that today. And there's times when God himself uh, kind of says... He makes himself recognizable to me. Mm-hmm. I experienced that the other day, as a matter of fact. So, <clears throat> yeah, I begin to feel the nearness of our Creator, but it's off and on and off and on. And so I have to step out in a commitment and say, Lord, I know I can't feel you're working in my life, but I know you are. Right. Regardless. Right. So. So, so uh, once again, we have to say, just because you don't feel a certain way doesn't change the truth. The truth that he loves you, the truth that he's there, the truth that he, that he doesn't leave you or forsake you. You may feel like that, but sometimes we just have to cling to the truth. Yeah, I like the words that Marv used about, about faith and commitment. And, yeah. you know, I'd learned, because, see, I would have come right in with the word trust. Yeah. Learning to trust him, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Stepping out into faith and, and my commitment to rely upon him. You know? yeah. And that, uh, going back to what you said a little while ago about uh, the ability to share with people. Right. And Bruce has been on the other end of this thing. I will be talking to him and I'll rattle off um, this idea that God isn't, anywhere around what am i supposed to do blah 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 poor me poor me um i'm angry at him and everything else and and i think that's necessary because like you said it loses its power and then i can come back and after a while and say oh wait a minute man i'm so far off base yeah and and uh i'm sorry lord i know you're here and it's back and forth, back and and those time periods get shorter and shorter and shorter uh-huh. and shorter. Uh-huh. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that should be a promise. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. So so um I began something happened in me when I went from a believing to actually experiencing what I thought was true. And so number six, we may have had a, a, a certain spiritual belief, but now we can have a spiritual experience. Um, I believed, and I mean, you could have hooked me up to a lie detector test and I would have passed it. I believed that I believed that I believed that I believed. There was no doubt in my mind who God was in my life, what his will for me was, the whole nine yards, the call I believed that he had on my life. And I went through that for years but I hadn't experienced being close to him. You you want me to tell you what I think they meant by this? Yes, please. Spiritual experience, especially here, uh, when he put it here. You you start to have a God consciousness. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's good. Uh, And I think that's what uh, the writers originally had built. Now, I don't know this. Right. But that's the take I've taken on this. I kind of think you're right. You know, and and I'm... Because I, I, on paper, when I say I believed, it was like on paper. You know what I mean? <clears throat> I got in a car accident, almost got killed, and it was while I was drinking. And so I did a 
you know, complete turnaround. I'm going to go to Bible college. I'm going to do these things for God. I'm going to give my life to Christ and I'm going to change the world and all. I mean, I had all these grandiose ideas that I thought I was supposed to do as a sign of my true repentance from my drinking and driving. So I went to Bible college and on paper. Got drunk. <laughs> yeah. I learned how to drink even better in Bible college. Not, it wasn't Bible college's fault, but I was away from mom and dad. I, you know, that whole college thing. And, but I did. And I, I, I stayed sober for a while white knuckling it to the max trying to get through uh, bless his heart Dallas Missouri's life of Christ class I had to take like three times because I I mean I mean but I went through this this experience of education and my commitment to God on paper but I wasn't walking with him I thought I I really thought I was I believed I was but I wasn't experiencing this nearness this God consciousness at all Mm-hmm. And I was one, and I didn't know that then. When you took your your four step and you took a look at those things, did it reveal to you? Absolutely, yeah. it did. Mm-hmm. You bet mm-hmm. it did. Saying here you are, uh, a man of God, and uh, I'm just the opposite. I wasn't nothing to do with him. I was terrified of him, and yet the same steps because they revealed yes. what was bogging me. And, and and you were walking without him, and I was walking without him. Mm-hmm. And here I thought I was. You know, doing. I really believed in my wonder, heart of hearts. That I wonder I was if it right wasn't thing. harder for you. They say it is. I think it was. Because it, my sponsor had to keep telling me, give it back, give it back. You're taking back what you think you know. Oh, give it, it back. Because I was going, yeah, but. He says, every time you say, yeah, but, you're taking back the stuff I told you you have to give to me for a while. <laughs> and man. he was right. <sighs> um, And just a side note there. It's really interesting, you know. Ebby went back out and drank, right? And we talk about Ebby's influence on on Bill and everything. Um, my sponsor, who 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 showed me a lot and gave me a, a you know really helped me walk into this relationship with God. He went back out. Yeah. See, Bill the really owed a debt to Ebby, and he he hung in with him all them years. You know, he yeah. he went into a couple programs, lived in that house for a while. So it was, you know, he he really believed he owed him a debt because he brought this thing yeah, to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and here's mm-hmm. the thing. Here's the thing. I, I say that because I hear a lot of people say, well, Ebby went out and drank. I mean, after he said he had religion and all this stuff, he went out and drank, so it wasn't valid. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not true. No. It was valid. What yeah. my sponsor taught me was valid. His relationship with God was valid. But the truth of the matter is he went out and drank. That has nothing to do with invalidating God. No. You know. Yeah, it's like like we're talking about you went to Bible college and all right. this. I'm not invalidating God. <laughs> no. But a lot of times people think I'm talking about God. Right. Because I've I said, well, they... I think what's important here for the newer people that are trying to, to uh, get this thing is uh, it's been my experience that spiritual experience comes as in, in uh, natural uh, living situations. Uh, so many people, uh, they look for this grandiose burning bush type thing. Right. 
for a spiritual experience when all they really need to do is sit down and ponder what's been going on, what happened back here, and what... And for everybody, it's going to be different. Yeah. Uh, what uh, came out of a certain circumstance and and, and stuff like that, and then the, uh, doing that, you realize that how how could that happen? You know. Yeah. Whether it has to do with relationships, finances, work situations, whatever, you're sitting there looking back on it. Well. I couldn't have worked it out any better myself. (laughs) And to me, those are the kinds of things that are spiritual experiences because the unnatural happens in these circumstances and uh, we're so busy in our heads doing this, doing that, running around like chickens with our heads cut off And and saying, well, I haven't had any spiritual experience. Yeah, because we didn't see a burning bush. We think that it's not valid. Yeah, but it just comes in the natural course of our life when we're believers. Or trying to uh, move forward in in, uh, things that are spiritual. So if you're waiting for lightning to strike to validate having a spiritual experience, you may be waiting a long time. Because yes. it may be all around you right now, and you're just not seeing it because you're looking in the wrong places. Let me give you a quick example. Yeah. I live, my place is on Highway 34, which is a very busy highway. Yeah. Okay. On at least uh, three, maybe four occasions, uh, I've had horses get loose. Well, my one of my biggest fears is one of them guys is going to run out in the highway and get run over. You know, yeah. Do you know that out of all the times that that's happened, at one horse actually run for the gate to go to end of the highway, and he stopped, and turned around and went back the other way. And how does that happen? Yeah, you don't have any. You don't have one of those no metal things that no, they, yeah no he no, just stopped and turned around yeah and. uh so I've sat down, you know, I mean, this has been a while back, but, and I thought about that, and I thought that can be nothing else but God working in my life. Yeah. Because wow. them guy horses, you know, they're not very smart. They don't know there's 18 wheelers rolling down that road. And you're on a curve, too, aren't you? Kind of? Well, I'm just past the just curve. Just past the curve, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, not one of them has ever went out in the highway. Yeah. And of course, I'm overly cautious. I don't want them to get loose by any means, but once in a while you get a hammerhead and he does something, pulls away or jerks and runs off. And so. Uh, it sounds like some people I've worked with in the program. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's in a normal course of a day. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and I'm really grateful. Mm-hmm. It take it's taken me a while to adjust to what Barb is saying, you know, to uh, to come to the realization that there is can be spiritual experiences in that, you know, right? And there's because this this thing that happened to me was was the light of you know molten light that comes down and hits you and just turns your life over over. 
You know, it wasn't a light. It was God Himself. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that's been that's been my that's my spiritual experience, and and I don't understand uh, that some people it comes gradual and that they are able to see the beauty of this thing in everyday life. Mm. But see, who am I? Mm. I ask myself that that's not so. You know what I mean? Who am I to say that it has to happen? The, the way it bam, happened bam, to me. Boom. Or like it happened you know, to Bill. Maybe yeah. God knew that that's what had to happen. I, I just You see, I think that's that. it. But I to, think that's to it. learn, to, to learn and to see that, right. you know what I mean? Uh, so I think if Barbara's right, and I like it when he said this, that's been his experience, and I think there's a real truth in that. Well, you look at, you look at the difference between Bill and Bob. Yeah. You know, here's Bob. He, he was having an spiritual experience with God growing up. You know, he didn't have a, he didn't have a white light experience like Bill did. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the educational variety. It was a process over time. He went through resentments exactly. towards the church. He went through coming back to the church. He did blah 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 blah. Bill, yeah, got totally not, different. Yeah, totally different. It was and it was with me. And I wonder if that's not what it takes for some of us. You know, you what bet. I mean? You, you bet. Know, I don't think that, uh, you know, and that's why I, I just love this thing because, uh, you know, it sure does level the playing field. It does. It takes guys like me that's somewhat in the spectrum. It takes guys like Marv that's on the other end, and we can come together. Yeah. Okay, uh, uh, number seven, the feeling, here we go, the feeling again. <laughs> the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder why they put that strongly in there because <laughs> the addiction, maybe. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's interesting because um, I was reading yesterday in the Gospel of John, and John's writing this, and he's talking about the Lord, and he says, so and so, so and so, so and so, and John, who God loved, is like he had to put that in there, like you know, God loved me. I'm the one he loved. You know, I, I think I think we we take certain liberties when we write things, you know. And, and I know that that Bill was no different. Bill, Bill loved to edit what he wrote, write, wrote, and then republished. And that we see that's that in some of the changes in some of the writings. But but it's almost like uh, the feeling that the drink problem has disappeared will often come strongly. You know, mm-hmm. was this his experience? Perhaps, perhaps it, it isn't going to be with everybody's. Um, it, it. Um, I will, I will tell you that the feeling that the drink problem had disappeared when I did my fist step came strongly because of my ego. I, I was doing that, and my sponsor had to reel me back in. I was doing that. I'm doing this. I'm confessing these things, and this is all gone now. I feel it. I'm so excited. You know. But it was all, it was based, it kept, I kept pulling it back, basing it on, you know, well, I'm doing this. That's one of the reasons why I've told you guys before, <clears throat> when I did my fourth step, I got a, a binder at the stationery store. I printed out these graphics. I had graphics and charts and graphs and, you know, I, I had uh, 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 pictures that I had designed myself and I was all ready to take this to my sponsor and he goes, I don't want to read that. Because I was so wrapped into up into having this experience, you know, and I was trying to muster it up on my own own power. 
Yeah. And it so so it took me a while. But but did you guys feel that the drink problem? Do you feel that that it has disappeared? The drink the drink problem. I'm talking about other issues, but I'm talking about the drink problem. In other words, has the obsession been removed? If we're talking about the obsession, the obsession has been removed. Yeah, amen. And that it goes. There's a place where it talks about that in the twelve by twelve, and I wished it was in the big book. See, but the twelve by twelve describes what it should look like in your life, and uh-huh. and when it, the drink problem has been removed, I've always believed that it's it's because the obsession. When I'm sober, you know, I'm not thinking about drinking and drinking and. This time it'll like be different. Go, I'd like to go that. get loaded. That's not yeah. taking process. If that is, then there's something wrong with my walk with God. You see? Yeah. What about yeah. you, Marv? Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. I have went long periods of time knowing that I didn't have to drink. And felt good about it. But there has also been periods of time, short, Uh although, um, where I thought if I went and got a drink, it would make it better. Mm Mm-hmm. But was but it, but when that happens nowadays, is it an obsession or is it a is it a thought that comes across your mind that leaves? Yeah, it's not an obsession, right? Right, but it, puzz- it puzzles me how fallible we can be. Oh yeah, uh, and our minds will do that, you know. And well, you need to go uh, get up against the bar and drink a while, and you'll feel better, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. um, again, uh, the feeling part of it, I got to watch that stuff. But yeah, um, and, and, I, and I'm not. I, I've had a lot of peace about. The yeah. idea that I do not have to go drink, right, <clears throat> right, yeah, me, me, me too. But and, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not claiming that we should go around blaming the devil for everything. But sometimes I think the enemy of our soul is, is trying to convince us of things, and so we'll hear that 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 voice that says, "Ah, do it, do it like you always did it." Yeah, and it may not be our obsession; <clears throat> it just may be a spiritual. Of course, you know, um, part of the deal, too, even though I drank a lot alone, part of the deal was, uh, you know, no man is an island unto his own self. So I would go to the bar and drink, and that would be my sociable part of me. Yeah. (laughs) Having the need to socialize, well, the only way I knew how to do it was go get There was a lot of times that my feelings... And I felt good because of this, <clears throat> this drugs or alcohol. Uh-huh. And I think that tries to be pulled up, conjured into my head that sure. if I, I could do this or do that, and, you know. But it doesn't, uh, it doesn't get in there and fester, you know. That um, kind of thinking. I'm going to skip to number nine because I want to spend some time on number eight because we're getting close to wrapping it up. It says, "We shall walk a free man at last." Uh, uh, is the last one on here. And I think that is a result of confession one to another. Right? I think we experience freedom um, when we when we open our mouth. It takes the power out of it, like you were saying, Marv. But but let's camp out here for a minute with this one because we all have some issues with this. Um, it says we feel we are on the broad highway, walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe. 
Um, so here's a promise. We feel we are on the broad highway. Um, being people of faith, this is a term that bo- at least bothers me um, because sometimes I forget what the heart behind it is. I, I believe the, the the road is long, the road is narrow, the path is narrow. Um, it is not widely traveled by many, um, this road to this relationship with our Creator. Um, and I think as far as biblical principles goes, it teaches that broad is the way of the destruction. Uh, and so when I hear this read, I, I kind of cringe a little bit because I, I don't really agree with it in the way that I'm seeing it when I when I hear it. But I think the heart behind it is that we're all inclusive, never exclusive when it comes to this recovery process. Um, and uh, I, definitely the feeling that I'm walking hand in hand with the spirit of the universe is, comes and goes. I know the truth <clears throat> is I am. But we were talking about this. Marv, you said you had an issue with number eight. We feel we are on the broad highway. Talk about that. Well, it's basically what you just said. Yeah. Really. Um, uh, And what I was thinking about while you were talking was um, the broad highway to me is a starting point. Okay. So along the way, then you get into um, if you do read the bigger book, it talks about the idea of planting seeds in uh, rocky soil, not so good a soil, good soil. Yeah. And so uh, what I'm trying to say is as you walk the broad highway, we are, God loves everybody. There's no uh, line there. He does. Uh, He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So, People who first start on this broad highway may not have that realization. Right. And along the way, at least for me, that road has gotten narrower and narrower and narrower as I try to understand God, understand what my purpose is, what he wants me to do. Um, And then if the seed is in good soil, I'm going to continue to grow. But at the same time, uh, growing and going down this road is going to continue to get narrower. And I think that's why the Bible says that it is a narrow path, you know. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I took exception to it uh, right off the bat um, because... I realize that it's not a broad highway and we're not uh, uh, God serious in what he says in his word. And it, it, uh, because he loves me and his grace, then it's necessary to me to do what he wants me to do, to believe what he says is truth. And when you do that, I don't see how the road can stay wide. No. People fall off mm. and the road gets the participation in that road narrows. Yeah. Less and less people. But yeah, for the new people, take heart. If you're on the broad highway, stay there. <laughs> 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 you know? 
What a great way to close this week's show on the promises of Step 5. Remember, folks, you can tune in to us at iHeartRadio, on iTunes, on YouTube, on all social media platforms. Visit our website at take12radio.com to access all methods on how to tune in to the best in recovery talk and positive music. Until next time, this is the Monty Man, and we are wishing God's perfect serenity for you. Bye-bye now. This has been a broadcast of KHLT Recovery Broadcasting. Kitty, 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 kitty.